0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to eat sleep supplex retweets
0: Think about me, Scott. One, two, and a half islands in the stream. That is what, that is we, what are. we are. No That's one, in, one between. in between. How can no we, we be we wrong? Are. Sail away with me to another draft, <laughs> and we'll rely on each other. Aha. Aha! From from one Saturday draft live host to another. Aha! Aha. <laughs> we didn't even really that. No, but the OG team is back. The OG team is back here on Saturday Draft Live. Scott McLeod, how the devil are you?
1: I am doing very well, David. Jesus. Like, last time you and I were just, just you and I hosting together, I'm pretty sure Covid lockdown was just starting. That's how long ago you and I were
0: together. That is. Crazy! It's so, so mental to think about that. How much has changed since the last time both of us were here? Because obviously I left, you guys, you went on with Jack and Dave, took over the show, then you took a brief hiatus is when I have came back and now four of us are together again. So occasionally the two of us will be back on this show doing the action together and it feels good. It feels like the old times, Um, but it, it's going to be great. It's going to be a fantastic time. I'm really looking forward to it, Scott. But there is one thing I feel we need to get out of the way. All right, because there's something that exists that didn't exist back in the day when the two of us were doing it. And do you know what that is? Listeners' League, the bloody listeners' League. So I'm going to run down the top five quickly just to get this shambles out the way. All right, and then we'll get into the good stuff. All right, because fifth this week is Thomas Fraser with Here Comes the Money. He must not be a Rangers fan, Scott. That's all I'm going to say on that. Then Jonathan (laughs) Swift is fourth with Swifty Tombstones. Lee again. If you would like to donate to Lee's uh, just GoFundMe page to pay for his medical bills after Jonathan has Tombstone done quite a bit. and go and find that online. That'll be great. Adam Callie, P45. Not much to say about this. Adam Callie, uh, he, he doesn't strike me as a very exciting fellow, which I'd kind of like him to win their Listeners League because the last two Listeners League winners that have came up, as we know, were horrible people. So see someone quiet that knew their place and sat in the corner. I quite like that. Adam Callie, my pick to win. Ross Brady with the talented Mrs. Ripley. Uh, the Brady Bunch is a thing. Uh, That was a television show back in the day. I wonder if Ross Brady is involved in that. And then we've got JP with shirts in, balls out. And the thing is, Scott, I just don't like someone who clearly has had their second name partially taken away. It's like Vince McMahon has attacked JP in the street and has been like, give me your surname. But JP has just managed to fight him off enough, you know, just to keep that letter, just to keep that capital P. And I'm just like, what's the point? So I'm refusing to call him JP, Scott. I will only call him J and that is what I say about that. All right, shirts and balls out number one. JP probably coming up next season. <laughs> and that's and that's the listeners league. But we are going to do our usual and get into the top three of the week. In Scott, we have a three-way tie. Um, at the third spot this week on six points we have the young bucks on six points um from aw they're on jack's team we have Sheamus uh from ryan's team who's also on six points and then we have randy orton who made his return to wwe television this week also on six points now scott we're at the tail end of the season and i looking forward to next season. Out of those three draft picks that I've just mentioned, who do you think will be the hottest commodity heading in to season 10?
1: Oh,
0: I still think it's going to
1: be the Bucs. Mm-hmm. There's no real telling when they're going to lose the tight team titles. They've held them since full gear last year, so they're coming up on nearly a year's champions. But even if you have them and they lose the belts, it, does, it feels like this, them being a team with Kenny is going mm-hmm. to be... Containment for quite a while, so they're going to be all over the shop, all over the show, all over Dynamite, all over Rampage, yeah. and and you got two pay per views uh, for AEW next season. So I definitely think the bucks are the higher commodity because you know there's no real guarantees with Seamus mm-hmm. uh, as you know, US champion because he doesn't always defend the belt. Maybe he'll lose at SummerSlam and he won't be as valuable without the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take him down to a lower round in terms of picks. And Orton, well, we don't know. I think Orton's also a bit unpredictable right now. You don't know if he'll remain a tag team with Riddle or if he's going to go into a feud with Riddle. But if he goes into a feud with Riddle, is he then going to be used to put Riddle over, which means he'll be taking some big losses?
0: A hundred percent. It could be 50-50 booking in that feud, knowing Randy Orton's Mm -hmm. feud. You know, I mean, that's what's made him. He's a big name, obviously a big wrestling name, but he's not a big drafting name. Because of that, because of the nature of how Randy Orton's rivalries go, I think you're spot on. I think the Bucs, in terms of tag team picks, a pop, the trend aside with the the Romans, Heyman sort of strategy, the Young Bucks are the best pure tag team, I think, that are available in the draft. So I completely agree with what you're saying there, Scott. Um, second place is Drew McIntyre on eight points. Now, I think the, the one question I have for you, Scott, is this. What is your favourite season of Power Rangers?
1: Oh, well, you know, it's hard to, you know, beat the original, but if I had Mm -hmm. to say in terms of, you know, what was most overall entertaining, not just in terms of action, but story, I'd say Power Rangers in space. You can't go wrong with Power Rangers in space, you know. I don't know about about you, but I used to have, they used to put together these VHSs of Power Rangers where they put multiple, basically a story that went across multiple episodes, they put it onto one tape as if it was some sort of mini Mm -hmm. movie. And I had a version, a, a VHS of Rangers Space, which was all the original uh, uh, Psycho
0: Rangers storyline. Nice. And I watched that nonstop. <laughs> That's amazing, I love that. Countdown to Destruction, a great season finale. Kids show or not, as well, 100% agree with you, Power Rangers in Space. Time Force, though, give an honourable mention to. And don't forget to check out uh, Rogue Opinions and First Time Films. As always, this was our Drew McIntyre segment of the week. Uh, but at number one, Scott, um, the man who is driving forth a Gary Kernahan surge here in the draft, the man who's trying to to somehow get Gary to topple Jack, who's been absolutely dominant this season, it is team captain Tony Schiavone. <laughs> now, when, when Tony Schiavone was picked up, Jack, did you, uh, Scott rather, did you expect him to make the impact that he has? Because Tony Schiavone, for all accounts, is the new Adam Pearce of the draft. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, what did you call me? Have you been going around with other co-hosts behind my back? (laughs) Never, never. Absolutely not. Don't don't listen to (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Tony Schiavone, two weeks in a row, he's been in such a high position here. He's the number one in the top five newcomers of the season, and he's in the top ten overall in the season at number three with 102 points. Yeah. And this is the reason, uh, I don't know if that will continue next season as a They've announced a four-man team commentary-wise for Rampage, and Tony Schiavone is not one of them. He's not there. <laughs> yeah, he's that's not there, a, so a, a bit of in the isn't <laughs> yeah. But there's nothing to say he can uh, you know, do interviews, but I think what's helping him here is that not only is he doing like interviews and segments on Dynamite and that, as well as commentary, but he's also one of the commentators in Dark Elevation, but uh, we'll talk about how that will become a factor next season in a little bit. But yeah. So I'm wondering how much of an impact he'll have if because you know, a lot of these players may stick to dynamite next season. So I don't know if mm-hmm. he'll have as much of an impact as two might continue. Like he and Sonya probably will still continue to be across Raw and SmackDown next season. So, and as what as, as, well, as much as he's really helping Gary's team at the minute, Gary is still 23 points behind Jack and with Drew on Jack's team and Drew now being officially confirmed to be facing. Gender at mm-hmm. SummerSlam. I think Drew's what's really helping Jack's team at the minute because you saw what have after Drew's performance on Raw, Jack further opened the gap. It's closed a little bit more as the week's gone on. Yeah. Uh, but I think with, as long as he's still got Drew on his team, Jack's still in the chance.
0: Yeah, 100%. We talked about the Shivani effect, and I think you're right. Um, we'll get more into the, the news about Dark Elevation in a bit, but 74 appearances for the season. Dwarfs is, is nearest contender, which was Jimmy Uso in fifty one. You know, so it was it's one of those seasons and we've always said that you need to play the season. And I think Gary saw dark elevation and dynamite there. The commentary trend was, was coming about during that draft and Gary took an opportunity that he saw and it, it most certainly paid off. But you're also right about Drew, because I think we sat in the show for a lot of this season and said Drew was going Drew's gonna have a come off here, Drew's gonna go downhill, Drew's gonna quote slow down. He hasn't. He hasn't really. You know, and I think you're right. That's what's carried Jack. And we'll, we'll, we'll transition into that uh, by looking at the top 10. So we've got Sarah uh, with Christian Cage's instant classic. She's in the last place with 152. Disastrous transfer window. We've talked about that. M. <laughs> Scott, you are there. 171.5 points. You know, you've come off the bottom spot. You said yourself, you know, it was it's not a draft that you'll, you'll look back on fondly, but eye towards next season. Uh, team go... 195 points. Then we have the Alan Laurie Loyals. I can never say that name. On 197 points, two points separate me and Ross is a battle that I, I just want to win that. I would quite like to claim another wee, wee spot in the table. You know, that, that would be quite nice. Uh, the People's Opposition, Ryan Douglas, 214.5 points. Uh, Ryan Gallagher, Uh, has fallen a bit with 231 points Um, Apollo Crews lost the Intercontinental title on Smackdown, did not help his matters but he did draft on last so it's been a good season overall. Uh, The West End Country Club, David Hockney, 259 points, seems to be uh, the master of the transfer window, always able to to save a bad season after the transfer window as Dave, he's done it twice now uh, so that's good for him uh, the top 1%, Stephen Wilson 277 points and then Scott, we get to this battle at the top I, I do think it's between two now Team Vistar, Gary Kernan, 294.5 points and Jack Graham with liquidated relegated, still the same fantasy team uh, team they may must change because it's far <laughs> too long, uh, with 317 points. Now you pointed it out, like there's only like what two, uh, 22.5 points between Gary and Jack, but do you think that Jack just has too much in the tank come SummerSlam for Gary to catch up with him in time?
1: Well, I think we all can see that Drew winning the winning his match against Trinder Mahal and I believe next next week on Dynamite that the rounds the Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the tag yeah. titles. And so, you know, a successful defence from them would really help push him, like, over the edge. Like, obviously, because me and him were talking about last week. Uh, me and Jack were actually talking about this last one what it would take for Gary, especially at SummerSlam. Uh, he's also got Toi Schiavone. Samoa Joe's match with Karen Cross. that's not going to be counted. Uh, Burt Baker's successful title defence wasn't counted, which obviously mm-hmm. would have uh, helped him if they were. Uh, Lashley is one of his tag team competitors so if Lashley does retain over Goldberg at SummerSlam, Gary misses out on some valuable championship points in that regard and it's, yeah. it's 50-50 on whether or not Seth Rollins or Rhea Ripley walk out victorious so I think just having Drew help but now that they've announced that tag match next week uh, which I can't see the Bucks losing, it feels like Jack just has enough in the tank to
0: finish the season strong. Yeah, and he said this to us. Like he feels it's the most dominant um, victory in in draft history if he manages to do it, and it's hard to argue with that. You know, I mean, you go back and you look at you look at the gaps uh, throughout the seasons. Though, I think it'll be the most dominant victory in terms of him, in terms of him being on top from the start. In terms of the mm-hmm. gap, it might not be that dominant. Like there was only 33.5 points separated uh, me and Alan in season one, uh, roughly the same, around the 20 mark in season two. We got up to the 30 mark with Dave's win in season three. You, in that infamous season four finish, only beat Ross by six points. Um, but in terms of dominance, when you look at the gap, in terms of a gap, Stephen Wilson's season five performance still stands up there as maybe the most dominant. Now, I get Jack's point, I get what he's saying. He's been on top since week one and no one's challenged him. But in terms of the final gap, is that how we define dominance or is it in terms of longevity, Scott? What's your opinion on that?
1: I think, given that, you know, pretty much he said since the start he's been on top and it's, people have come close, but no one's that properly knocked him off the top spot. I think you have to count that for something, and you know, get. I think yeah, stephen has got a bit wider gap, but you know, I think given long, yeah, given how long the season going, and managing to hold on that top spot, that's got to count for mm. something. I, I definitely think. Uh, I talk about some of the other things on this board. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, Ryan's probably going to finish. Ryan Gallagher, that is, is probably going to finish mid table, and you talked about you talked about it a lot at the start of the season about him picking the mid-card champions when nobody else seemed to be focused on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that did him at first. And then that is then ultimately like hurt him at the last few stages. Now, it was only like a couple weeks ago, One of the mid-card champions has now lost his championship. 100%. Uh, since nobody even thought, to, nobody really thought to pick up Shinsuke Nakamura in the transfer. So nobody's really benefiting from that. Uh, yeah. And also me and Sarah are not benefiting. I'm like, I don't think either of us would have... Uh, moved a uh, further because we we both in the same position of rampage was counted last night yeah <laughs> because you got christian winning the impact world title the biggest one he's had so far not just in any but in the draft season it's not even counting for anything i don't think for christian buddy buddy uh my captain christian buddy fuego del sol and not counting looking steve that's Stephen also i've got a boy to pick we'll oh. second. So that's regardless like Oh, so I should just be happy? I should not be annoyed <laughs> that my buddy kept missing out on championship one point, the most valuable points you can get. Fuck uh, you, mate. Ah, fuck Everyone has
0: a problem. Everyone has a problem. I agree. I go to it's his. Terrible.
1: I to his for summer song. I'm going to shit
0: his tall, I'm not gonna fucking flush it listen it's not Dave's you're going to there will be toilet paper um, but I will I will, <laughs> I will bring us on to some good news Scott, it is a day for celebration I'd bring out Schluwer but I don't want to give you PTSD we have a situation Scott, we have a situation where every form of AW dark is now gone from the transfer window Stephen Wilson, from the transfer window, from the draft I'm that excited about it, Stephen Wilson has made a ruling that Dark Elevation will not count next season. Dark Elevation is out, Rampage is in. Do you like this, really?
1: I can totally see why this is happening. I definitely agree with the idea of like, you know, we should limit the amount of AEW shows that count here to two. Mm. And with the Rampage, we discussed it last week, me and Jack, that they're describing it as a third hour dark. The first episode had like three <laughs> title matches on it. And yeah, maybe by like the end of next season they might already have like stopped caring about and b- make it a B-show with like the war card guys like Dark was. Yeah. Uh, like, like pretty much Dark is. But e- either way, it's still going to be more valuable because, you know, for the first wee while, you, get, you have some big players still showing up, continuing storylines there if they can't put them on down, mate. But then if you pick a lower-ranked person in AEW in the later rounds and they start using... Day Rampage as basically another form of Dark. They'll still probably make an appearance on there. Mm-hmm. So... It's going to add more, you know, like you said, the idea of an extra week championship match that they won't put on a Dynamite or a pay-per-view may go on Rampage. You won't get, we're never going to get that on Elevation or A
0: 100%. And Scott, we have some big news now to finish us off. Next season, you already said it, it's going to be the biggest season ever. We are trying to bring back as many of the old drafters as possible. People who have left the draft, people you thought you would never see again. We're bringing them back, baby. We're bringing them back with a bang. And Scott, there's one man I want to start off with. We're going to announce four of these people today. And that's cool. Alan McLucas returning to the draft. Now, when we did Saturday Draft Live, Alan McLucas was someone we always okay. discussed because Alan played the first six seasons of the draft, right? He played the, the first six seasons of the And he always came close. He came second in the first ever draft. He was four fourth, fifth. Uh, seasons two through four, fifth, and uh, season six. He's always a player, and we talked about it with Alan, who took a risk. He always loved taking a risk, and sometimes it bit him in the ass, but sometimes it nearly paid off. Alan McLucas coming back to the draft, I would say, is the biggest wild card out of the returning players that we have. Do you agree with that? And
1: it's interesting because, you know, I said, like, if he does t- choose to take a risk, and, uh, this is a shorter season, so, you know, maybe sometimes taking the risk is what you've got to do. Because mm. uh, we talked a lot about his choices of some to UK picks in season three. And while it didn't help him win the draft, it definitely helped him get a surge in the last few weeks because of takeover of Blackpool 2, Alex Bigaloo. And so, you know, he, he's not afraid to, you know, play the long game, play, get a pick that may not get him points for maybe the first few weeks or so about mm-hmm. a month in, so-and-so gets a big win on Raw or pay-per-view, and they start up. he hoods him up a little, a couple of points, so I think he's going to look back on you know, his past performances and hope they come back with a bang, even if he doesn't finish on top, he's going to want to finish high in mm-hmm. the season, he like show or prove he's still and everything because yeah. I can't remember much else other than his seasons performance, I know he was one of the first to properly pick Drew, and Drew's value in the draft went up in the season four draft, he was number one, first singles pick he was right in there with Drew McIntyre and also Drew went on when the title, and Drew's been like one of the hottest commodities since. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And that season four performance, like he he didn't win from number one, but uh, no one plays well from number one. If you can quite frank in this draft, uh, it seems to be a cursed position. Uh, but was you it, managed, you it, managed to them, beat him in that season. Number one
1: pick and the draft selection it's going to become like number thirty in the rumble wars for a while until Undertaker <laughs> finally won it. Nobody Absolutely. wins it, even though it's, even though it's the best like spot. Eventually Aye.
0: somebody will win it in season fucking 23, I don't know. And 100%, there's someone else that I want to bring up who was a, an old friend to us, Scott. This person played in seasons 2, 3 and 4 and she had a great table positions such as 8th in season 2, 10th in season 3 and 10th in season 4. I am of course talking about the legendary Stacey Smith making her return to the draft. How excited are you to see Stacey coming back into this thing? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Scott. I don't even want myself to win season ten. I want Stacey to win season ten. That's my point on it. <laughs> uh, I
1: mean, Stacey has this uncanny ability when it comes to the draft to make us all feel better by, selfishly, you know, finishing last so we don't have to. And you know, we all we all need last place people. Uh, and you know, that's just you not know, Stacy. I think I joke I called it in season four the Stacy Smith Participation Award, I called Last <laughs> Place. And she's coming back, Yeah, it's named after me. I'm gonna take it
0: back. A hundred percent. I'm so excited to see Stacey back in the draft. She's always a good laugh whenever she shows up. Um, but someone who you talked about Alan maybe having, you know, a bone to pick. A man who was part of maybe the most controversial moment in draft history, Keith Lee Daniel Campbell is coming back. He is coming back to the draft. He played in seasons four, season five, and season six um, with some with some decent performance. Like infamously, um, in season six he finished second. Yes, he was finding his footing in the seasons before that. Mid-table season four, uh, a bit further down in season five, but. We saw what Daniel did the last time he was in the draft. Scott, we saw how close he came to beating Jack. You know what I mean? It was one point in it that separated Daniel Campbell being a draft winner from Daniel Campbell being second place. You've got to think that that's going to be in Daniel's mind when he enters into that draft room for season ten. Hmm.
1: I mean, yeah, obviously he's on the track to become a two-time winner, and he's getting an easier goal at this time because you know it was Daniel that was his main competition. Uh, in season 6, you know, back and forth so, so it was, and I think basically he played a line over the Street Profits on his team that really was a help to him at mm-hmm. the time and also you know, they won on the finale of the season, that really almost cleansed it for him, and so yeah. I was kind of sad that he didn't come back, given he came so close, he proved he could and win the season, then he had to come back shortly after anyway, because he became co-champions alongside David Hockney, he had to come <laughs> back so we could crown an undisputed Champion.
0: Yeah, he's so, been on been on this show, which is it's been good. He's a good sport, good sport for mm, that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm happy to see him stepping back into this. Hopefully, he remembers, he retains the knowledge that he used and you know the, the strategy he employed. Because mm. again, it was a survivor, it was a Survivor Series that he nearly season that he last played in, and he nearly won. So maybe he keep, hopefully he'll keep that same strategy and maybe try and
0: come on out on top this time around. 100% and the last person that we need to talk about is the savage known as Stratt played in season 7 debut it's it's hard to find your foot in your first season um. and we all know that you know we've all made mistakes before in the draft Um. but then his second season was the tag team season in season 8 uh, and he was teamed with Sarah, and obviously it didn't go too well. They made some mistakes. They left, they left Kenny Omega on the table, was the infamous one that people sort of shoot them for because they drafted Britt Baker instead, uh, the number one spot. And people were like, what are you doing? But you've got to think now, Strack, he had that season seven out of the way. The tag team season was what it was. It's hard to judge an individual on that. Do you think that Strack has the potential to come back a bit stronger when he re-enters the free in season 10?
1: I think, first off, uh, if next season somebody picks Sprout Baker now on, I don't think anybody will be uh, kicking off nearly as much as we were at the time. 100%. Because he didn't have anything going for at the time. But the strike, yeah, it is difficult your first season. I mean, look at where we've um once we've talked about how Ryan Gallagher has improved in the last couple of seasons, so alongside you he won a season in the first ever uh, draft season and season mm-hmm. eight. Uh, but his first season, season five, he was just, he made too many, he took too many risky you know, Comment taking a risk that he has was an example of a risk going too far. (laughs) Uh, And and Stratt made some mistakes drafting too heavy an AEW team, I believe, uh, to really help him, especially that short of a season that he was involved in. And then he was still fighting his feet. And then Sarah had taken some time away from the draft. She was coming back in. And while they may get along in real life, it showed the idea that while you might like the person you're teaming with, their draft strategies clearly did not mix. And yeah. you know, they were also saying, well, "Well, I wanted this pick, and he didn't." Or or Jack Strack picked someone that said didn't want to pick, but she went with him anyway, oh, no. and everything. And that really ultimately caused them to finish last place. So mm-hmm. I think Strack needs to heavily reevaluate. You know, I and, and, you know you don't like, but you know the consistency here and the diversity <laughs> of his team. You know, like
0: I like, maybe, I'll you know, agree with it this time. I agree with it in this specific instance.
1: <laughs> yeah, look across the look across like the different brands here, maybe. Especially like Raw and SmackDown people, I think this is the season, especially, they start looking more at the main roster than we usually would because the season finishes at Survivor Series. Mm. And, you know, whether we like it or not, they, they are probably going to keep this whole Raw-y SmackDown thing going. And that yes, does get a lot perfect. of people on the card.
0: And But you've got to think: champions, how does that affect mm-hmm. it? Do you really want to take the risk on wins and losses for those champions? We'll need to see. But, Scott, we're going to leave you. I just noticed this start to finish off. See if Gary finishes second this season. It'll be the fourth time in the last five seasons that Gary has finished second and he's still not had a win. He's
1: our Daniel Bryan, isn't he? He's the Daniel Bryan of this draft. How he's always considered the, the, the B plus
0: player. How absolutely mental is that? Like, honestly, like he is easily now, like we've talked about the best player to never get a draft one. It's easily Gary. You know, it, it like it's beyond reproach at this point. You can't finish saying that. Uh, but anyway, Scott, it was a pleasure uh, having you back uh, with me uh, doing it together. Uh, and I will see you at draft night, my friend. I look forward
1: to it. But I tell you, when Gary wins the season, it probably won't be this season but the reason he finally wins one I tell you, the roof
0: is going to come off the place I tell you (laughs) The miracle on Bourbon Street I will be back with David Hockney next week wrapping things up Um, obviously we finish at SummerSlam it will be the Saturday Draft Live before SummerSlam myself and David Hockney before the whole gang sees you at the Draft Show until then, see you later folks 10, 9, 8
1: Podcast Network.